Welcome there, Traveler. Looks like you're in for a bit of a treat today. Sounds like we have some special guests. I think this episode's gonna be a bit of a doozy. Did you ruin it? Ow. No, Wingover, I did not ruin your surprise. Sorry, Traveler. You know how he is. Why don't you go over and check out? Hello, Travelers. Hopefully, Michael didn't ruin the surprise. Today, we have not one, not two, not three, but four special guests. You're thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, four special guests? And I'm saying, heck yes, heck yes. Today, we have special guest Dave Cole from The Four Orbs. He plays TI-422. Or is it three now? And he is an inevitable that has been sent to kill Borodon for breaking the laws of time. We also have Sarah from Sacrosanct, playing Val, the half-elf from another time, perhaps from the future. We also have Cassie from the Lovely Craftians, playing Malame, the halfling druid, who comes from the small towns, ready to face the big world. And we also have Jeremy from the Midnight Kingdom playing Maharogi, the orc monk who comes from the land of the Midnight Kingdoms. Now, travelers, this is a good episode, a special episode, a fun episode. There's actually two parts, though. There'll be another part soon, don't you worry. But we are going to follow a different group, a group known as Undeify. They've been hunting after one of the three blades of the Church of the Shining God. These blades are like, pretty much their elite warriors, their right-hand man, the people that go out and dole out the executions that the Church needs done. They are currently hunting the Arbiter. And just a little quick thing, I, I don't have an intern today, but uh, I'm here to tell you that if you go over to BattleBots.com and use the promo code Ballad seven dice. That's the number seven. You can get 15% off your subscription and have sweet sound effects like swamp noises and fireballs and MPC dialogue trees. Ooh, never talk again. Just use those. We also have another lovely piece of fan mail. This one says, This production rocks! Exclamation mark five stars. I just got all caught up and I have to say, I am so impressed with this show, exclamation mark. The passion and care put into it is so evident in the writing and delivery. You can really tell that everyone involved is giving it their all. I am so impressed with not only the DM's detailed and layered story, but also the ability to think on their feet and react to any situation. The sound production sound effects and music really add to the experience and immerse the listener into the story. There are a great variety of characters whose stories are all linked together creating a much richer, bigger picture. The mini-sows are great for adding enrichment and detail, there's also a good blend of horror and comedy. I honestly love how funny this show can get! Exclamation mark. All in all, I would definitely recommend this podcast! Exclamation mark. Keep up the great work! Exclamation mark. T-Rex with Glitter via Canada. I thank you, T-Rex with Glitter. That was really nice. I'm glad you've been enjoying our sounds and whatnot from Battle Bards. Wink, wink. 
Now, without further ado, dear travelers, I bring you The Wraith, Part 1. Hi, my name is Dave. I'm the Dungeon Master of Four Orbs, an actual play D&D podcast. I'll be playing TI422, a ranger rogue inevitable from the planet Mechanus. My name is Sarah. I DM the actual play D&D podcast, Sacrosanct. I'm playing Valeri, the cranky high elf blade singer. Hey, this is Jeremy, the GM for the actual play podcast, Midnight Kingdoms. And today I'll be playing Maha Rungirdi of Clan of the Kinsai Monk. I'm Cassie from the Lovely Craftians, and I play Marla May, the Lightfoot Halfling Druid. You can find me at the Lovely Craftians. <laughs> This time, on Ballad of the Seven Dice, we start off following the group known as Undeify, a band of Chosen hailing from Sanctuary, who are chasing down one of the three blades of the Church of the Shining God known as the Arbiter. The Arbiter has slain a great many Chosen, and it's finally time to take him down. After hunting him from Sanctuary, Undeify has been chasing him through the woods all the way into the kingdom of Cormir, and now, hot on his trail, they feel they're maybe even less than a day away. Let's go through, real quick, and just give a quick description of your character. For each of you guys, so that the listeners know what you look like. Let's start off with PI423. All right, so TI-423 is an inevitable. That's a race in D&D that I am learning about as this goes along. He's a ranger rogue sub uh, multi-class character, and he has a metal body, obviously, as a robot. He's covered himself in studded leather because he wants to be more human-like. He's trying to, to be friends with the mortals that live here in Faerun. And... Um, he has a almost bucket style head that kind of pivots all around and has that creepy like 360 degree turn around his neck. Um, and if you see every once in a while, specifically in the at night, this iteration of TI-423 has a like an hourglass inside of his head. And you can see sand going down, up and down the hourglass back and forth. And he also has a bunch of like hydraulics for his arms and legs like kind of poke out of the studded leather because it can't be covered up by the studded leather and it seems like this may be devices to cast uh magic in a more mechanical sense and he talks like this i am ti423 right on uh who else go next i will go so val is a high elf blade singer and for the most part he's pretty slender in his silhouette he looks like not really much in the way of body weight or uh like he could take anybody on physically 
especially because he tends to wear a cloak around his body that obscures most of him. And he's about 5'6", five, 5'7", five, because he looks like he's still 16, 17 years old in about human years. And he kind of acts like it too, so he keeps his posture pretty hunched. And he always has this sullen face, and we're not sure if that's just his resting face or if he just always is sullen. He, his skin is a sort of medium beige color, and his hair is jet black, but he has uh, an undercut, and the top part down the back of his head is braided in a very long braid. Yeah, I think I covered everything. Um, under his cloak, he does have a bit of armor that looks metal when you see glimpses of it when his cloak opens up, but... For the most part, it looks like it moves like leather does. Maha? Yeah, so, uh, Aharogiri of Antaran. He is an orc, but not your stereotypical orc. As, uh, he has the, some of the facial features, so again, he has the very large shooting tusks and you know, the longer ears, but he has more of the body of a goliath. Very toned, longer, not that kind of stooped, beefy kind of look. He's obviously very, very strong, but he also seems very light on his feet. He wears very loose-fitting clothes. It's very simple, though. It's like a just straight white, and his skin is also a dark red, as the orcs that come from his world all have different skin tones. They actually have a structured society based on skin tone. And all he has on him is a longsword, and a longbow, and a large backpack that is littered with cooking utensils, and uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Marlame. Alright, so Marlame is kind of your typical halfling. Uh, it'd be a little bit difficult to pick her out from a crowd of other halflings. Uh, she has, with the exception of a string of green ivy tattooed behind each ear that runs down her neck on either side. But you can't really see that unless you're right up against her, which she'd probably not be super down with. She's a druid. Yeah, I think that's about it, honestly. She's got some auburn hair to her, and she's just pretty average. Okay. So the four of you are sitting just around a campfire that you started putting out. It's early morning and starting to dip into autumn. You feel that cool breeze going through these trees as the leaves are changing color. You look around at one another and see that everybody's finished getting ready. You know that just to the east is where that you want to go, where Bogbrook is, and where the Arbiter has run towards. Maha, I have a question. Yes, what is it? I noticed that you ate rations this morning along with the other, other two friends of ours. You didn't cook these rations. What was the need of the campfire? To stay warm. I look at the three of them and I say, do you feel warm? <laughs> Val kind of laughs and he says, mm, now are we talking from an existential standpoint or are we talking uh, physically? Get out, I was going to say the same thing. I assume physical. So, you can assume things. Yes. Yes, I can assume things. Now, is that kind of like calculations that you're making? Or is that, um, 
You're thinking about something. I am processing data. Ah, calculations. Ones and zeros, as you might think. Do you know ones and zeros? Uh, like you have a giant abacus inside you, or what? No. The only thing inside of me that is functional and processes is the hourglass inside of my head. Val gets up and uh, trudges through all the autumn leaves on the ground and kind of circles around T.I. and just doubles over enough so that he can peer inside T.I.'s head. I bend down. (laughs) (laughs) So what does this do, Hi Guy? What is this? Well, this is a new upgrade to my system. It was put inside of me so that I can process things more quickly. All of the sand is really just little bits of metal that push the circuitry through and conduct energy so that I can process through data. Wow, that's really complicated. I suggest we get moving. Yes, we are very complicated beings and inevitables. Let's teach the child on the way. Which, he just called you a child, Ty. Are you going to take that? How old are you? I am one month old. Whenever I met you is whenever I first got here. Oh. Yeah, he's definitely a child then. Six foot tall robot child. (laughs) (laughs) I meant no offense. It just means he is free to learn, which is better than most. Then we are all children. I took no offense. I have no emotions. True. We are all children. As long as we're all to learn. Al makes a very serious face. Sorry for the distraction. We can move forward now. The sooner we get moving, the sooner I can make lunch. Uh, by the way, Ty, I I think we were warm. Good to know. Temperature. Warmth. Fire. So as you guys begin to travel through this forest, it slowly starts becoming more marsh-like. Your feet are sinking into the moss. You see that water is pooling up wherever you're walking. There starts to get a little bit more insects. Not too many, just because of the season. But enough to annoy you, everyone except T.I. And as you guys are progressing, you finally find what you've been looking for, a merchant's road, so you can get out of this forest slash swamp. As you guys climb onto this road and start progressing down, you see just in the distance, you've been walking for maybe a few hours, there are a number of ramshackle huts put together, and one slightly larger hut that looks like it's tried to be decorated to look fancy, and this sign that's hanging at an awkward angle that says Ogbrook. Does this look like a town or like a shanty town? It looks like people are trying to make it a town. About how many buildings around the uh, larger one? You see probably about 12. Does it have a bazaar? You can't see from where you're at. Do we see any people? Yeah, there's the odd person walking around it. There's some people that are outside doing chores. There's one person who's wandering around with less shabby clothes. And the way they walk, they're, they're really in charge of the situation. Primarily human? Any other races? Oh, they're human. How far away are we? You can see in the distance, maybe about a ten minute walk. I'm just going to start trudging forward. Yeah, so do I. But I am... Um hand shielding over our uh, eyes looking for a bazaar or market either way (laughs) so as the four of you trudge together a strange group to behold you wander into this small little shack town and the man looks over and goes well howdy how 
you people come around my town? Well, welcome to Bogbrook. I am the mayor. You can call me Steve. I walked past him. Hi, Steve. I'm so upset. Oh, oh, hello. Don't mind him. <laughs> I'm so upset I'm walking past Steve, but oh. I walked past him. <laughs> that was so rude. So you are not Borodon? Bor you know Borodon? Yes. Oh, I haven't seen Borodon in so long. Oh, you know Borodon? He owes me three copper. Oh. And a shirt. Tell me where to find him. Well, let's see. The last time I saw him, I was in Geldspar, and then the town got done blowed up, and then Dorum came, gave me a ride, then she gave me a town, and I got this hat. I got this hat because I traded my shirt, but I won back my shirt. T.I. is just looking at him like so like so stoically but you can sense like you can hear all of like the gears whirling inside of him and just processing all of this information as quickly as he can <laughs> and was it a tuesday or was it a sunday if it was a tuesday i would have went out to the end but i i did go to the, it was a tuesday i saw him on a tuesday that my town also got destroyed and everybody i knew and loved was killed on a tuesday yep so where is Borodon? Well, he's probably dead in the town. Dead. Borodon. Dead. And then, like, you can, like, T.I.'s head just starts kind of rotating in a 360 <laughs> degree fashion. <laughs> <laughs> the three of you all know that Borodon did not die in Gelspar, <laughs> but this man, he very much believes it happened. I'm going to walk over to uh, T.I. Grab his head. Kill <laughs> T.I. He is not dead. Oh. Well, I'll be. Where is he then? That is what we were trying to find out. Well, shoot. Some of us. Well, thank you, Steve, for the information that you have provided me. One minor crime of yours in the past can be removed from the records. Which crime would you like that to be? One time, I may have stolen my best shirt from someone else it was their best shirt but they got killed so i took it from their house yeah yeah that one let's do that one that crime has been removed from the records you will no longer be punished for that crime and then ti starts yes. to walk away <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like flexes his suspenders like man today's a good day <laughs> wonder if ronnie's still alive Oh, do the rest of you need something? As T.I. is marching away with Val. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm walking towards... It was Val that's walking away, right? I'm still processing it. Val is definitely somewhere out of sight looking for this marketplace. Okay, yeah, I'll walk in the direction that Val went, not knowing where he went. <laughs> right on. And I am right next to T.I.'s side. His head turning has me concerned. So Steve is just looking right at you, Marla May. Just, anything I can help you with? So, have you seen any weird travelers lately? Aside from us, anyway. Yeah, there's a real big guy, crazy cloak, came running through here. I think he stole a cow. How did he steal a cow? He picked it up. With his hands? Yeah. Did he, like, have it over his head, or what? 
Yeah, actually, he did. It was real fast. Couldn't catch him. That's weird. What? Why did he steal a cow? I reckon he either really likes cows or <laughs> you want him milk. I mean, who doesn't? That's fair. So who did he steal the cow from? Uh, old man Alfred Pearson. He lives in the shack, three shacks over to the right. <laughs> cool. So when did that happen? Uh, let's see. So it was on a Tuesday. Because <laughs> <laughs> you went to the inn. Right. The and I knows. showed up. No one knows about Sunday. And Dorham dropped me off here. I was mayor. Got my hat. Got my shirt. Crazy. Oh, it probably happened like six hours ago. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I was... Uh, I... What day is it today? He's close. Is he a friend of yours? N- no. He also stole our cow, so <gasps> we need to go find him immediately. Oh, I'm so sorry. I-, I know. Bessie was my favorite. But... Uh, he even had a name? Well, yeah. She was like family. I can never think up names for animals and just call them Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's a noble name. I like Thing, so she's gonna pat Steve on the elbow because that's kind of what she can reach easily. <laughs> he, he just solemnly looks down at you. Well, you need to go save them cows. Best of luck. Yes, yes, we do. I'm gonna go find my friends. What direction did he take off in? Uh, he kept going on east. Okay, thank you so much. I'm so sorry about your cow. Thank you, I appreciate it. Alright, I'm gonna leave him now. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I imagine you're just looking wherever you think Val went. Correct, with, uh, Maha right behind me. Right, and you have, uh, zero social grace, that's right? That's correct. <laughs> Alright, so, Maha, you see T.I. starts just walking right into someone's shack. I'm gonna let you open it up and <laughs> old man Alfred Pearson looks up. He's got a big straw hat on. Oh, can I help you? Hi, yes. Are you Borodon? I don't reckon I am. I think I'm Alfred Pearson. Oh, do you know Borodon? Well, let's see now. I know Mrs. Jakeson. She met someone. Started with a B. Maybe it was Bradley. No, no, I don't know no Borodon. Thank you for that information. Have you seen Val? Uh, what does Val look like? Val is a high elf man with a long braid hair. Do you see high elf man walk by here? Well, I was spying on you all through my little window over there, and yeah, I saw saw Val. He walked right over there. And he just points the direction towards more of the huts where Val is frustratingly looking for a market. Cool. So T.I.'s head will turn towards that direction first, and then the body will turn, and then we'll start walking towards that direction. <laughs> That's spooky. I'm just going to keep staring at the man. So T.I., you, you walk over, you find Val. Val, there is no market here. You found one person who it looks like they were trying to sell you cats, but they weren't actually trying to sell you cats. <laughs> they were just trying to get your money and say that this cat means so much to me, I can't sell them to you. Well, I really like cats, but man, this place fucking sucks, and then he kicks a rock. Don't worry, Val. We will find Market. Uh, thank you, T.I. I really appreciate that. 
I've seen uh, seen Marla May put her hand on people, so I'm just gonna put my hand on Val, on Val, <laughs> as if to comfort. <laughs> Is it like an awkward, like kind of like on the top of the head, or like? <laughs> Yeah, we'll say, like, I flip my hand upside down where, like, the back of my hand is resting on his shoulder. <laughs> uh, Val reaches up and takes his hand and tries to turn it so that it's palm down. <laughs> and then pats it. Is there anybody cooking or any cooking-type smells? Uh, no, you don't smell any food at the moment. It's probably around, like, 10 o'clock. People just need to be doing their chores at the moment. I'm going to keep a lookout for any types of interesting herbs. I think it might enhance my cooking. Yeah, you see, there's a number of them. They're just hanging on the side of shacks. So like people are drying them out, getting ready for winter. They're drying a lot of different root vegetables and such. I'm gonna go wander. So you see, there's this uh, half-orc man. He's he's putting up all these different vegetables on the side of his shack where the sun's facing, and just looking so proud of this display they made. And then you walk on over. You see uh, the assortment of vegetables. To us, it would seem like, you know, he's got beets, he's got potatoes, he's got carrots, and I don't know if from Maha's world, if he has all these different things or if it's more limited. No, no, it's, it's standard fare. Oh, you're real red. How can I help you? I'm looking for quality produce. It looks like you have the selection here. Hmm. You, uh, you thinking about trading? Trade or purchase? trade. What is it that you wish to trade for? I need something that digs because I broke my last shovel. You got anything that's uh, be real good for just piercing in the earth? That'd be great. Exactly, I do not. Damn. Well, I guess I'll take money. Is it just for budgeting purposes? Yes. Let me see what I can do. Ti, give me your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get some potatoes. I will sell you this robot. He will dig for you. I'm going to back over the group. Does anybody have a utensil that might piercing this a shovel type? Val has definitely wandered away again by this point. In fact, he's probably mm-hmm. surveying a tree and looking to climb up it. Val? Val, you seem bored. Hmm? Well, no. No. Just fuck this down, that's all. Why, what are you doing? We are running short on supplies for food. Oh. I can only eat rations for so long. Ah, oh, yes. Chef Maha. Oh, of course. Uh, I can steal some things if you'd like. I don't know if this town has anything worth stealing. Stealing is against the law. You cannot steal. I look up at T.I. and blink at it. <laughs> I'm gonna pat T.I. on the elbow. Comfort. I feel that. I also pat T.I. on the elbow. (laughs) (laughs) Comfort. Again. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And as I'm patting T.I. on the elbow, I look to Maha and I say, I can steal things when he's not looking. I don't ask you to steal. Okay. Nor do I tell you not to steal. Mmm. Tacit approval. (laughs) I, uh point at my eyes and then point at him and point at my eyes and point at him and then I start to slink away. I just nod. Aha. Yes. What are you in search for again? I have two short swords. I can rip one out of my forearm if you need. There's a farmer that needs a shovel type implement. His farming needs. He wishes to trade for possible produce. Is this important enough for me to destroy part of my arm? 
Were you? Were you? No. For me? Yes. <laughs> oh no. I do not ask you to do it, or do I ask you not to? The choice is yours. Hmm. I think I need it more right now. Must find Borodon. As you wish. Alright Val, I take it you're going up and doing that thievery business? Yes, and uh, he will slink his way behind one of the buildings until he's out of sight. Alright, roll me a stealth check. Cool. And while that is going on, I'm going to start looking for any kind of what's his nuts uh, running away with a cow. I'm bad. Oh, uh, I'm bad the arbiter? Yeah, we we have the, to go talk to that guy. I'm horrible with names, and I don't have nuts. We just had a whole discussion. I know, about this. I know. Come on, this is one shot, man. Marla May, did you find out any information from Steve? I saw you talking to him for quite some time. Yeah, it sounds like our guy stole some cow from an old farmer dude. And he was here like six hours ago, so I don't know if we really have time for this now, but... Why would he steal a cow? That's a great question. Have we seen the Arbiter yet? I, I don't know. Uh, you've encountered him, yeah. Okay. So, does he look like he could carry a cow? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> he's like seven feet tall, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's a big dude with a cloak. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. That's the description that Steve gave me. I rolled a nineteen. Oh damn! There. <laughs> <laughs> and then. In a town like this, I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Not oh, this level one NPC. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so from there, hidden, I pull out a rapier, which I really want just to be like a saber, but with the rapier damage. And then uh, my hand appears, and I have a, a sort of like, my hands are gauntleted, so the joints are very heavy. And then when I ring my, my knuckles against the blade, it creates a very quiet musical sound that reverberates. And then... I say a couple power words, drawing a circle in the air that makes the air pulse and sort of blur a bit. And then that blur travels up through my arm and I start to dissolve and become invisible. Oh, fancy. So what I'm going to do from there is just wander out quite plainly and take a look around and see. My idea is to take something from everyone instead of a lot from one person. <laughs> yeah, you see, there are vegetables hanging on everyone's shack. They're all just trying to get ready for the winter. Cool. And one of the things that I wanted my magical items to be is a bag of holding. Alright. I didn't choose the second one because I figured the first one was good enough. And then I will just wander up and when no one's looking, pluck a potato here, a carrot here, not all that familiar with the produce, so I'm just picking things that look edible and that I've seen Chef Maha use in the past and putting them in my bag. Alright, so you collect a good haul, but not enough to make anyone really suffer. You come back after maybe just a couple minutes, and you're still very much invisible. The others are just talking with each other. You can hear them talking about how uh, the Arbiter had stolen a cow from this place. Still invisible, I say, a cow? That's weird. <laughs> You'll just hear this disembodied voice. Uh, so when she was out, I was heading towards the east side of town, just kind of looking for tracks or anything. Uh, roll me survival. Okay. You see some 
pretty large tracks that you're used to, like you guys have been following him for some time now. And it's these tracks where it's two long clawed front toes and one uh, long clawed back toe that just allows this creature to propel itself forward. And so you see there are clear tracks where they're actually sunken a little deeper. So the story must line up that it was carrying a very heavy load and thus making deeper uh, prints. Do they go along the, uh, the road, or do they go up the road into... They go off the road. What kind of, uh, forest brush, brush again? It, it's just like that combination of, like, um, forest slowly turning into, like, a swampish marshland. Midday star. Oh no, <laughs> you're one of those. <laughs> they also all have to be on the highest number. <laughs> <laughs> Said T.I. I do the highest number thing. I do the highest number yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that as well. <laughs> uh, the superstition of gamers. Okay, so yeah, you find these tracks and they're leading right deeper into the wilderness. The two of you, while you're talking, Ti and Marlame, you hear the disembodied voice of Val. Val, where are you? Right here. I don't see you. I'm gonna start poking where I think the voice is coming from, like jabbing with my finger. I dodge out of the way. So you're just poking in the air, you think you have an idea, and then Val, you're just probably making circles around this poor halfling. Yep. Come on, Val. What's up? What's going on? Are we doing something? Something going on? Come on. Come on. Humanoids are very strange. Uh, You're messing with me. Come on. I have have a long time on this spell. I'd rather use it up. Well, then why aren't you doing something productive? I did do something productive. Just can't see I it. did one thing today. <laughs> <laughs> I would show you what I did, but I can't because it's invisible. Let's catch up to Maha. Sure, sure. Yeah, let's catch up to Maha. Bye. And then he runs off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too far away. I'm probably at the edge of... Can we see tracks? Oh, yeah. You see this dust getting kicked up. So, Maha, they all walk up to you. You have the tracks right in front of you that you're looking down. And you hear three companions come up to you, but you see two. Jeff. I'm probably used to this. Yeah, you really probably are. (laughs) Jeff, why are you looking at the ground? Yes. Maha, have you found something? I found tracks. The marsh. Are they the Arbiter's tracks? It is quite evident that they belong to the Arbiter. And he, in fact, did. Or something heavy. Probably that cow. So I believe so. Why did he steal a cow, though? Has he stolen livestock before? You found um, creatures that are slain along the way. Looks like he probably ate portions of them. Yuck. So wasteful. Ugh. Never cooked them. Sushi. We must find the cow. <laughs> find cow. Alright, so do you guys head her <laughs> off into the woods? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be leading the way. Alright, roll me a survival check. All of us, or just... Whoever's leading. Hey, that is a uh, 26. Jesus. Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> this is so easy for you. You've been doing this for well over a month. You know the telltale signs, the snap branches, the giant gaps between footprints where it's clear that the Arbiter leapt to try to make you lose their trail. And you find your way, you're traveling through these bogs, and lo and behold, you start discovering bits and pieces of cow. 
There's Aww. some over here, some over there. They're hanging off from the tree. You hear the skittering of different animals as they quickly flee when they see you coming near when they're eating on this. And you hear the sound of heavy rushing water and something kind of like the snapping of bones and something obviously eating. I'm going to draw my longbow and ouch. How long has it been? Probably would have been traveling for at least two hours or so. Yeah. Oh, sorry, your invisibility <laughs> spell. I'm visible again. <laughs> I mean, you used it to steal potatoes. So. Oh, oops. I have produce. Yeah. So you see Val uh, along the way he appeared while you guys were walking. So you guys are there and you hear this like crunching sounds and like sort of like wet sounds. And you see Maha quickly crouch and pull out his longbow. T.I. crouches and pulls out his heavy crossbow. Val will move over behind a tree and pull out the sword again. Okay. How long is the undergrowth here? Or how tall? Uh, probably at your waist. Okay, so I'm just going to keep standing and it's going to be fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just peering out through some shrubs and I have my centaur ready. Everyone make me a perception. I'm also trying to be stealthy. Oh, this is uncharacteristically high. Great. I'm probably going to roll so low later. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I got a 17. Yeah, 21. Got a 15. 16. All right, so you all see it, and then I need you all to make stealth checks. Try to avoid the, uh, his gaze. Oh, God, I knew it. <laughs> oh, net 20. Oh, damn. 23. Yeah, I got a, uh, a 10. I got a 10. <laughs> So T.I. is just glinting from the last bits of sunlight that are coming from this uh, late afternoon sun. And you, Val, your sword that you have out, it just catches a little ray of sunlight and sort of glints off. You're just like, oh, damn. Uh, put your sword a little lower. On brand. What you guys see is there's this large figure. Their cloak is kind of pushed back. They have these two long insectoid legs that end in the three toes and four arms are out they look somewhat human like they have the pale human skin and but there's bits and pieces of carapace and they look hyper extended and they end in these clawed hands of three fingers and there's two sets and it's ripping apart pieces of this cow and just shoving it into its face and its face there's no eyes. There's no nose on it. It's just its mouth opens in like this three section and it has these fangs that come out and it's just ripping apart meat. And while it's eating, it suddenly stops and it looks up and you hear this clicking noise that it starts making and the arbiter starts pointing its head in one direction and pointing its head in another direction and makes these clicking noises again and then stares directly towards T.I. and Val. And I need initiative. Is that kind of like the things from uh, The Last of Us? I'm thinking more like a sort of a grasshopper mixed with a uh -huh. human. So like the things from Rick and Morty? I have yet to watch that show. Oh man, you need to. I rolled an 18. Right. Yeah, I got a 20. You got a 12. Nine. What you get, Lucas? They'll never. <laughs> <laughs> we start off with Ti. Ti, you know that the arbiter has seen you. And this clicking sound begins as it starts slowly raising up to its full seven feet height, and its claws are dripping with blood. 
and this blood is coming down. It's uh, melts it onto its chest as it's staring at you. Okay. So I imagine that we're all kind of in the same area because we didn't really like fan out or blank him at all. Yeah. I fanned a little bit. Uh, CI is going to leap to the left and cast Hunter's Mark using his bonus action. And then for his action is going to attempt to hide behind like some brush or a tree or something. All right, roll it. For the hide, I got a 19. So you see T.I. leaps out of there, and this mark suddenly appears on the Arbiter. You guys have seen this a few times when you're facing against creatures. It's kind of T.I.'s homing in mark. T.I. quickly rushes into the brush and is mostly obscured, and you hear this clicking noise again. The creature is just following T.I.'s movements as he's trying to hide in the brush. We go from T.I. to Val. So Val behind a tree... Uh, probably isn't quite aware yet that he's been spotted, but he still purses something very unsavory under his breath before he strums his metal knuckles against the blade, and this time it shimmers, and the sound that it creates is almost a physical sound, and it's a, it creates sort of a orb around him that condenses into his body, so I have Blade Song activated. The other thing that he's going to do, that was my bonus action, action! He's going to twist his fingers through the air, and it's like pulling spiderweb out of the air that creates a series of symbols that fade, and then his fingers grip tight, and he starts climbing up the tree because he's cast Spider Climb. Nice. And these will be some sound effects to find. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, he climbs about 20 feet up. I guess, depending on how tall this tree is. Oh, nice. So you, got, you quickly climb, and there's definitely enough room for you to climb up that high. These trees are very old, this forest is old, and you get up there, and as you're running up, you have your blade uh, in one hand, and you're just climbing incredibly easily, and the creature just goes, turns, and looks at you as you're climbing up the tree, and then looks back towards where T.I. is. And we go to their turn. It stares at T.I. and stares up at Val and stares back at T.I. and then this inhuman speed it launches themselves towards T.I. You see these sort of long dragonfly like wings come out of its back almost propelling it forward and T.I. what's your AC? 14. So this creature comes through and it starts slashing you see it rip apart the brush that's all around T.I. and then these two other claws come in yeah, you managed to deflect one of them using the metal plating on your arms, but the other one comes through and it just gouges into your side. You take 12 points of damage. This creature quickly looks around, almost trying to get its awareness uh, around it after it quickly jumped, and then uh, it goes to Marlame. So Marlame, you're looking at this area. It's uh, somewhat of a small clearing, and just at the other side of the clearing, there's this really big rushing river that's just going strong. And you see the mutilated cow and T.I. and this creature fighting on the other side of the clearing. I'm assuming the Arbiter is like on top of T.I. right now. Damn near, yeah. Okay. Is there any way that I could cast Entangle so that it, it just hits the Arbiter on the outside perimeter but somehow misses T.I. so he's not entangled in that? Yeah, for sure. Okay gonna try you hold out your hands and 
these roots just burst out of the ground. They start grabbing on to every little thing, sticks, small plants. It grabs onto the carcass of the cow, and then it grabs onto the arbiter. It first wraps around one leg, then the other, and then its lower arms as this thing just shrieks out. It starts tearing at these vines that are around it, and it looks like it's just being held down. Awesome. Do you want to move at all, or are you good just staying where you are? I'm going to scooch while he's distracted and just move around the perimeter away from Maha. Okay. So we're more spread out. And then it goes to Maha. Um, so you said there's a rushing water. It's fairly loud. Yep. It's just to, like, the right of T.I. and the Arbiter, maybe 15 feet away or so. I am going to go to the edge of the water. Quick glance, can I see about how deep it is? You can't see the bottom. I am going to do Kensai Shot. This gives me an extra D4 damage, and I get two shots with my longbow. Nice. And keep in mind, these are magical in terms of overcoming resistance and immunity to not magical. Since I uh, forgot to give you a surprise round, um, I'll give you advantage on the shots. Okay. I also gave him disadvantage on the uh, entangle since I forgot to do those spies. First shot is 24. That is a hit. And second shot is a hit. Oh, roll some percentile. A 35. 35, so powerful hit. So they need to roll a dexterity or else be knocked out. So go ahead and roll your damage shot times two. It's 13 damage. Nice. Uh, 15 damage. You see, the first shot it goes, it slams into its side, and it howls out in pain, looking frustrated. It quickly turns towards you, and as it turns towards you, the vines sort of catch it up, and then it sort of almost flails backwards, just revealing its whole chest to you. You line it up, fire away, and just slam heavy into its chest. It manages to catch itself from falling, but it is looking pretty stunned. So I'm going to go along the edge of water. You're probably about 20 feet away from or, or sorry, 15. Yeah, so Alright. So you quickly make more distance between the two of you. And ready up your next shot, and we go to TI. So TI, this thing's all up in your grill. It's damaged your grill a little bit. Is it still restrained by the entangle? That means I get advantage on it. <laughs> yeah, you do. So for my bonus action, I'm going to use my Planar Warrior feature from my Horizons Planeswalker. And you see an iridescent glow come from his forearms as two short swords pop out. And the blades are glowing with that planar shine and I will attack with advantage against him. And that's going to be a 14. How does it miss? Uh, the second attack will be 20. That's it. Because I got advantage, that means I get my sneak attack. Oh. 14 damage for the one blade. So your first blade swings, but he manages to sort of knock your hand to the side. Your second one comes through and strikes true, right near where that arrow actually pierced him on Maha. And you just drag your blade across, and this yellowish ichor is now just bleeding profusely from this creature. 
and looks down at its wounds and it looks back up at you and you hear that clicking again. And it keeps looking towards the river and just like looking along the whole river and then looking back at you. And then it goes from P.I. to Val. So Val, chilling all up in this tree, looking cool, looking good. <laughs> I'm always looking cool and looking good. So uh, <laughs> is there, you said these were old trees, but are there branches that I can run across? There are some, if you roll not well, I'll say that it's a, it's quite the fall. But yeah, with your spider climb, mm-hmm. should be okay. Okay. So do I need to roll for it? Yeah, I'd say make me acrobatics, just because you're probably going to be leaping a little bit. And with Blade Song, I have advantage on acrobatics. Which is good! Oh, that's really good. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that is a total of a lot of math. 23. All right. Yeah, you leap across these things, no problem. And I imagine you were going towards the Arbiter, right? Yes. So you have a real good branch on the And so I am running along one particular branch, and as soon as I am overhead, I will jump down with the sword raised and come down worth, cool. come down with the first hit. All right, roll that attack. It's with advantage since he is intended. Advantage is helping me a lot today, everyone. It's uh, 23 again. Oh, nice. That's it. And I come down with Booming Blade, which will add an extra 1d8 under damage. Oh my gosh. Okay, so that's 11 points for my first swing as I come down from 20 feet up and slash into him. And then I land and then the blade carves through the air and comes back around the upside. 17 to hit. So that is a hit. For an extra uh, six points of damage. And the next time, I don't think he'll be able to, but the next time the target willingly moves before the end of my next turn, it takes another 2d8 damage. This creature is looking heavily wounded. You guys have gotten stronger, you've gotten better as you progressed after this thing, you've learned its moves, it's not catching you off guard. You slaughtered all its minions along the way, and now it is just looking rough. And it looks towards the lot of you, and you hear it making these clicking noises again. And it keeps looking around, almost panicked. You see it reaching down towards T.I., and it looks towards Val. Two of its hands stab into its chest, and then two more stab into the plates where its neck is. It pries away the carapace. These four tentacles come ripping out of its abdomen. And you see this yellow ichor is just pouring onto the ground. There's so much of it that it's almost like coating it, making it slippery. It goes to swing at T.I. It's a natural 20. Yikes. Ugh. That's an 18. Ow. (laughs) And then uh, (laughs) two tentacles go swinging at Val. Uh, Val, what's your AC? Uh, 21. The first one's a miss. The second one's a miss. T.I., you take 30 points of damage as these claws just rend into you You guys see gears and pieces of metal and pieces of this precious human-like studded leather just go flying away (laughs) as this thing is just tearing into him and these tentacles are reaching around it and slapping towards Val but Val is just dodging since he's got no time to be hit by tentacles 
so these things are slamming down and these vines keep restricting it as it's trying to push itself forward and more and more of this creature's blood is falling onto the ground and it looks more and more panicked as it keeps clicking and looking around the area looking towards the river and we go to Marlame. okay i kind of want to know why he keeps looking at the river but i don't know if i was moving in that direction uh, you could ask him <laughs> You want to just talk to him? You want me to talk to him? <laughs> Excuse me. Why do you want the water so bad? You could talk to them. It's totally an option. No, I don't want to start the villain monologuing, but it's not good for anyone. I am going to move around. I can't remember if I was moving closer towards or further away, so I'll let you decide which direction I was going in. Like towards the river? Sure. Okay, can I see anything out that way? You see Maha. Is there anything else? <laughs> uh, make me a perception check, actually. Do you want to see it? That's the real question. <laughs> uh, I got a nine, so I probably did not see it. There's so much water spraying up, and everything is so tense right now, and you're only so tall that you just can't get a good look across the river. <laughs> All right. I don't really have anything else that I can really do for here. I mean, if anything, you can also take the time to like, do a perception on the creature itself if you want to try to get more information on it. Uh, yeah, I'll do a perception on him. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was uh, three. There is just so much gore around this thing, <laughs> and UCTI is not looking good. There is like so many bits sticking out of him and a little bit of smoke. And the way he's sort of walking and moving, it's a little wobbly. Is Cure Wounds going to work on him? Hmm. I, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Actually, uh, it does. Okay. Because uh, the Inevitable have an ability to drain energy. So it's negative and positive energy. So yeah, it would technically work on them. Okay. He's too far away for me to do it. I think that was a touch spell. But... Yeah. Um, I'll start making my way towards him so I can yeah. help out. You just start moving through all this underbrush. None, your spell doesn't affect you, so none of the vines ever try to go and grab you. And we go from Marlame to Maha. Maha, you're right up at the river, right? Yep. I'll get you to make me a perception as well. Yep, I was just actually going to ask. Alright. Uh, Alright, just enough. So, you look across the river, and you see branches swaying, and, like, grass moving and parting. But there's nothing there. But it's clearly something is making its way through this. Oh god. It seems fairly large. Looks kind of like a. It would be the size of a humanoid. Can I do a perception on uh, the upper? Uh, you could, yep. I'm not doing too much of my action. I'll let you use your movement if you want to take like the extra time to look at it. Yeah, that's fine. Or if you want to sacrifice your action for it, that's an option as well. No, I'll sacrifice my movement. Okay. 15. The Arbiter is losing a lot of fluids, and what it did to itself to get those tentacles coming out, that kind of seems like a last ditch move. Gotcha. Spooky grass, spooky grass. <laughs> exactly, like, is the spooky it. grass coming towards us or going away from us? Towards. Uh, do I shoot blindly into the brush, or do I try to finish off the arm? Finish one task at a time? Just throwing that out there. Yeah, time to shout out, or was my perception using all that up? You could shout out something quick. Something comes from across the river. Then I will shoot. 
Now from where he is says what? Twenty hit. Uh twenty is a hit. Nineteen to hit as well. Okay. The one shot goes, it hits it in the side where these tentacles are coming up from, and some of the tentacles just kind of slump down, and it looks towards Val and T.I., and you just hear this, She's here! And then the other one just hits it right in the head, and it falls down to the ground. And its legs doing that twitch. The wings are sort of twitching on its back. And it is now dead. Ooh! <laughs> yeah! I made a special something. Honor and death. Maha, what's your AC? Uh, 20. So you guys are all like, ooh, yeah, alright, we took this thing out. Maha's still trying to look a little across the river. And suddenly, you see... Well, actually, that's the thing. You don't really see anything. Just suddenly, this wound appears on Maha's chest, oh, coming from his back. And now there's a hole sticking out the front. And Maha, you take 15 points of damage. Goodness, that was something now, wasn't it, travelers? Oh, poor Maha, right when he thought, oh yeah, get my sweet ability, suddenly he gets stabbed. Oh, oh, you know, that's just what happens all the time. Like, I went out and I went and got a bagel, and then some dude's like, give me your wallet, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm famous. And then he stabbed me, and I, I did take him down, this is true, but still, like, the nerve. Oh, alright, travelers. Well, don't you worry, there is still one more part of this which will be coming out before you know it. And don't forget, travelers, if you'd like to hop on down and treat yourself, go down to the shop at easyrollerdice.com. They have some wonderful things there. Get yourself some dice. Get yourself something fancy. You deserve it, traveler. And use that Ballad 7 Dice promo code to get 10% off your entire order. Now that's rad. Oh, man, I am tired, travelers. I've been telling tales all day. Also, don't forget, if you want to show some support, you can hop on down to the iTunes or the Stitcher and throw us a review. And maybe even scoot on down to the Patreon, toss a few gold coins old Wing over his way. Always appreciate it, Wink. Anyway, travelers, I must be off. It's time to go pay taxes. I bid you adieu.